We're talking about, are we living a life of peace? Is there peace in our life? Are we living that kind of life? Or is our life falling to pieces? And maybe we've been at both places, and today we're at one of those two places also. And so we just want to continue with that thought through uh, tonight. And uh, the title is, Our Life Will Fall to Pieces If We Pitch Our Tent Towards Sin. And you probably already know maybe where we're going with this. You may know that verse a little bit about what we're talking about. But we're in Genesis chapter 13. And in Genesis chapter 13, we see where Abram has brought all of his family uh, on their journey to the promised land, to the land of Canaan, to where God directs them. And they arrive there. And now they're thriving and they're growing and they're maturing. And uh, one thing about all the growth is they're, the herds that they have, the, the sheep and the goats and all, are growing and they're just getting more abundant. And so one day some of the herd, herdsmen of uh, Lot and the herdsmen of Abram are getting in arguments about you know, where they're putting their goats and sheep in the pastures. And then Abram called Lot and said, look, we don't need to be quarreling. We don't need to be arguing about all this. We're family. And so what we need to do is separate. You go your way and I'll go my way. And that way our herds can continue to grow and we don't have to worry about getting over on somebody else's pastures and we don't have to worry about arguments. And so here's what we're going to do. Lot, I'm going to let you choose which way you want to go. I'm going to trust God and I'm just going to let you choose which way you want to go. And so in Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, Lot looked up and saw the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered. He looked around and he looked, probably looked in all directions. He said, hey, that Jordan River bottom, that Jordan River plain, that Jordan River area that floods out periodically and waters that land and brings the silt in there. Boy, that's going to be some good growing place. And that's, I want that. He said, it's like the Garden of the Lord. He says, it's like the Garden of Eden and like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. And this was for the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God puts that in there to, to just make a point. But he looked and saw the whole plain of the Jordan. It was well watered like a garden. And so Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan. Not just part of it. Not just, I'll take half, you take half, Uncle Abram. I want all of it. You said I could choose. All this well-watered plain, well-watered bottom, I want it. And so he chose for himself the whole plain of Jordan, and then he set out toward the east. He, he took his herd, took his family, and they took off. And the two men departed company, him and Uncle Abram. Well, Abram lived in the land of Canaan, there where God called him to live. It, it wasn't part of the Jordan uh, fertile land, but he lived in the land of Canaan. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain, he had gone east down into the plain of the Jordan, and there it is. There's our beginning point. And he pitched his tents near Sodom. He went in the direction of Sodom. And there, as we saw in verse 10, this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. We already know the story. You've read it. You know that what's coming. But there's that Sodom, that wicked, evil city. And Lot pitched his tent in that direction, went that way. And so now the men of Sodom were wicked. And they were sinning greatly against the Lord. But what does Lot do? He went in that direction. And so you see how that works in our life sometimes? Sometimes we look out there in the world and we see something, boy, that looks good. I think I want all of it. I think I want as much as I can get. I want to just have and participate in as many things I can participate in. And I just want to go that way. I mean, some good stuff out there. Let me go this and go get that. And let me participate in all these things. 
And so we do that not realizing sometimes that we're pitching our tent toward the sin, toward Sodom, just like he did. We're getting in that direction. We're living our life toward those things that we don't need to be a part of. And too many times we don't set boundaries for ourselves. We don't say, okay, in my personal life, there's just things I don't do. You know, so we draw a boundary around our life and make a list if we need to. I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't go here and I don't go there. I don't do all these things or, or whatever. But also, not only that, but I don't let things come into my life. I don't allow things from the world that I say that's off limits to come into my life. So I've got boundaries, places I don't go across toward, and I don't let things come in to my life personally. But then you have to make in a marriage, have to make boundaries too, don't you? You know, in a marriage, you make boundaries and say, we as a married couple, there's just things we don't step out and do. <laughs> we don't go there. We don't do that. We don't participate in that. But there's also things that we say we don't let come into our marriage either. We don't allow that to come in and that to come in. And we make our boundaries and we stick to that. Then you see when the problem, when an issue comes up, when a question comes up, should I do that? Should I do this? We already got our mind. Well, no, we don't do that. We've already made peace with it. We've already set it up. We've already established it. So then we do it with a family. You know, if we've got children, a family, extended family, we say as a family, we don't do this. As a family, we don't go there. We don't participate in that. But we don't allow that thing to come into our family either. And so we make those boundaries. Well, Lot didn't. Lot said, I'm looking over there at Sodom. I mean, there's some things going on in that city that we've never been exposed to. We've never been a part of. I bet our daughters would really like to be in participating in some of those things going on in that city of Sodom. I mean, we've been out here in the desert so long. We've been traveling so long. It's just been us, you know, all of our families together here. But look what's going on in that Sodom. Look at the lights of Sodom. And, and, and our daughters could participate in so many things. And we as a couple could do many things. And, and I could do some things. And, and Mrs. Lot could do some things. And, you know, we just could have a bigger opportunity to do stuff. And so he pitched his tent near Sodom or towards Sodom, going in that direction. And the Bible explains, explains very clearly that the men were weak. It was a wicked place. They were sinning greatly there against the Lord. Well, time goes by, and we move on to chapter 14. And now what's happening is there were some kings, four kings that came against the five kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they captured the people. And they captured all the goods, and they, they overthrew the cities. And the four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. And then they went away. They, they overwhelmed the city, overtook the cities, got all their food, and they left out. Well, they also carried off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions since he was, hold on, <laughs> he's now living in Sodom. See, it was there in verse 12, he pitched his tents near Sodom, toward Sodom, but now as time has gone by, he moved into Sodom. See, it wasn't enough to say, let's just go that direction. Let's just, let's just step out of baby step and go a little bit that way. Let's get a little bit off the course of what God wants us to get off of. Let's not quite walk that real straight and narrow. Let's make it a little bit crooked and just take a little step, one step, baby step, and it's not that big of a deal. You know, it, it can't be that bad. It can't be that awful. It's just one little step off the straight and narrow. But now where is he? He's not just living near Sodom. He's moved in. It wasn't enough to say, you know, hey, our, our girls are teenagers now, and they can really participate in a lot of things there in Sodom. Now look how, look how far it is to travel. 
I mean, got to walk into town, got to walk back home. It's a long distance. You know, it'd be so much easier. Can't you hear Mrs. Lott saying that? You know, our girls, it would be so much easier on our girls if we just moved right into the city, Lot. Come on. And Lot would say, yeah, you know, I could be with my buddies more and we could hang out more and we could do things that, you know, us guys like to do on Saturday night and, and we could just move on into the city and it'd be a lot easier for me Then I don't have to come home so late at night and, you know, we could just be so much better off moving into the city. So let's move in. And so they did. But wait a minute. The men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And yet what did they do? <laughs> they moved in. Let's just move on in. Let's just take our steps a little bit closer to where God doesn't want us to be, but we want to be. Do you see how that works? Do you see how it goes for us in our life? So they move into Sodom. Well, the time goes by some more. And one day back with Abram, he and him and Sarai don't have any children. And three men showed up one day and told Abram, said, you and your wife can have a baby. About this time next year, we're going to come back. We're going to see that you have a baby. And so they just talked about that and told them what's going to happen. And it's going to be, they're going to have this baby. And uh, by the way, what would be that baby's name? Isaac. Okay. Caught you, didn't I? And so they would have that baby. His name would be Isaac. And so they told him about this. And they were about to leave. And one of the men said to the other man, said, Maybe we ought to tell Abram about what's going to happen down in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abram said, what are you talking about? He said, well, we're going to destroy the place. God's going to destroy the place. It's wicked. It's evil. It's a terrible place to live. And God's just going to do away with it. Abram said, well, wait a minute. (laughs) And he knew his nephew Lot and his family lived there. He said, how about if we could find 50 righteous men in the whole city? Would you spare it? Yeah, sure would. And Abram thought a minute and said, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. I've been around. I've heard enough stories. I bet there's not 50 righteous people in the whole town. How about 45? Yeah. 30? 20? Worked it on down to 10. And the men said, that's it. If we can find 10, we'll save the city. If not, it's over. And so that's all Abram could do. He could say, work it down to 10. But two of those men went on into Sodom. And the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. And they say, what's the big deal? Well, it started out, he pitched his tents near Sodom or toward Sodom, and then he was living in Sodom, but now we found him, as time goes by, sitting in the gateway of the city. And what's the importance of that? Now he's one of the leaders of the city. Now it's like he's on the city council. Now it's like people are coming to him in the leadership position along with other people and they're sitting in the gateway of the city because that's where they made decisions for the city. That's where they would sit down and say, okay, uh, we're going to vote to work on some of the roads in Sodom and we're going to work on some of the roads in Gomorrah. How much money are we going to need? Okay, let's pass that budget. And so they're working on, we need a new theater and, and we need some, some new uh, bars in town and you know people are really coming here. We need to spice the place up. We need to get more stuff. See, the, the city's evil. It's already said that. God's already said the men of Sodom were wicked and sinning greatly against the Lord. And now here, Lot is a part of that, making decisions for this evil, wicked city, sitting in a leadership position for the city, making decisions to make it even worse than it already was. That's Lot. So when he saw them, when he saw these two men, 
He got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. Well, they told a lot about what they're going to do. And so Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws. He, they told him, he's, they're going to destroy the city. God's going to destroy the city. And so the first thing Lot did was speak to his sons-in-laws who were pledged to be married to his daughters. They hadn't got married yet. And he said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord's about to destroy the city. But his son-in-law, look at this. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Why would they think he was joking? Why would he make up something that's so funny that, hey, God's fixing to destroy this whole city here. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. A lot of hadn't heard that one. Uh, we'll have to remember that one until the next meeting and, you know, about how funny that is. They didn't take him serious. Why not? Because they knew where he stood with the Lord. He didn't. See, so he had gone all this time, lived near Sodom, then he lived in Sodom, then he became the leader in Sodom. And so if he's taking a stand for God, standing on firm and solid ground, that if he'd have said that right there, they said, oh, we're going out. We're getting out of here a lot. You're a man of God. You stand on the foundation of God. You stand on the principles of God. You stand up for what God believes, what God says, God's word, God's ways, God's will. And hey, we're out of here. But see, he didn't stand that way. Oh, he might have talked about God every now and then. He might have talked about Abram's God and how Abram served the Lord. And he might have even talked about himself. But when he started talking to them about godly things, godly principles, that's when they began to think he's joking. They didn't take him serious because no part of his life revealed godly principles, godly values, and godly ways. They knew he didn't have values. They knew he didn't have morals. They knew he didn't have principle to stand on because of the way that he lived. He's not only living in Sodom, but he's a leader in Sodom, and it's an evil place. These guys knew it was an evil place. Well, they move along. With the coming of dawn, the angels turn, urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away with the city when the city is punished. Lot, you've got to get out of here. Get your wife and your two daughters. Y'all get out of here. We're going to destroy it. We're not going to destroy it till you leave. We're honoring God. We're honoring Abram. And you need to get out of here. Well, when he hesitated, wait a minute. Lot, what are you doing? Why... Why would he hesitate? Because see, he's going to get out of Sodom, but Sodom's not going to get out of him. He's been involved here too long for him to take it serious to say, we need to leave, family. We need to get out of here. God is serious. God is moving in our life. God's trying to tell us something. God's trying to show us something. God's trying to fix him to do something, and we need to get out of here. But he hesitated. Well, wait a minute. Let's talk about this a little further. Maybe we need to discuss this further. Are you sure this is going to happen? You know, however he might have done it. But when he hesitated, men grasped his hand in the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was, there it is, merciful to them. Isn't that a great word that we need to hear today too, don't we? God is merciful toward us. You know, here's the bad thing. We walk... The wrong direction, like Sodom, so many times, don't we? We we turn off that straighten there just a little bit, and then we start just veering to the right or the left, you know, getting off track, getting off course, getting off the straight line that God wants to walk. And then we get way on out there somewhere and wonder, how did I get this far away from God? 
how did I get this far away from the values and the principles and the morals that I used to stand for, that I don't stand for anymore, that I just let anything go and anything happen, that's fine, that's all right, don't worry about that. How did I get here? Just like Lot. We start going towards something in the wrong direction, just a little at a time, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, and then one day we realize I'm way away from God. How did I get here? And God is merciful to us. He does like he did with Lot, and he takes us by the hand and leads us back to where he wants us to be. But we've got to let him, because sometimes we hesitate too. You mean, i got to give this up? <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. i got to give this up too. i got to quit this too. I've I got to stop doing this too. Wait, hold on. <laughs> you know, don't pull me so fast. Because we step out of God's will and God's ways, we get involved in things we don't need to get involved in, and then it's hard to get it out of our system, isn't it? Hard to get it out of our mind. Hard to get it out of our thoughts and our heart and our, way, and our ways because we've been there so long. And the bad thing about it, we get out here somewhere and we get comfortable. Just like Lot did. Lot got comfortable. He said, I'm okay out here. That's why he hesitated. God's merciful to him. God got him out, just like he does with us. Well, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said to Lot and his family, Y'all flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you too you may be swept away. Get out of here and notice the part where it said, Don't look back. <laughs> we'll see in a moment. If you don't know the story, what's going to happen? But just get out of here. Don't look back. Don't stop. Keep moving. Get to the mountains or you're going to die too. Well, but Lot said... But Lot said, I mean, he's already hesitated. He's already laughing stock among the people because they're thinking, you know, he's not talking the truth when he's talking about God and what God's going to do. And so now they had to grasp him and get him out of there. They had to tell him, flee, get on, go, get, get, get. And then it says, but Lot. <laughs> but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you've shown great kindness to me and sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. I can't get there in time. Slow this thing down. You know, make some other way. Let's find another way around this. Don't make me... I know you're trying to drive me to get back to where you want me to be, but don't make me give it all up at one time. Let me hang on to some stuff out here. I mean, this, I'm still having fun. I'm still enjoying this. I can't flee to the mountains. I can't give it all up. It'll overtake me and I'll die. Look, here's a town near enough to run to. I mean, if you'll take off and you'll start running, you'll get there in time. Here's this little town over here you can run to. It is small, and let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Can I go there? And he said to them, he said to them very well, okay, here's this little town. Go. I'll grant you that request. Two, you make so many requests, it was simply a, a one Time deal. We're going to destroy the city. You and your family get out of here. End of the story. But as always, but Lot said, but he hesitated, he waited. How about this plan? How about that plan? Let's do it another way. Why do we have to give it all up? Why can't we stay? You know, very well, we'll honor this request too. I'll not overthrow the town you speak of, the one you say you can go to and you can get to quick enough, but flee there quickly. So I can't do anything until you reach it. We're holding off. 
We're holding back the destruction until you get there, Lot. We're, we want you to be saved. <laughs> we want you to be safe. We want you to be rescued. We want you to get out of here, but you need to get going. We can't do anything until you get there. That's why the town was called Zoar. Time Lot reached Zoar. The sun had risen over the land. I mean, it's coming up. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation. But, here we go again, Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Again, they got out of the city, but they couldn't get the city out of them. The, the sin had just overwhelmed them. The sin had overtaken them. The sin had so influenced them because they'd stayed there so long. And Lot's wife just couldn't bear to give it up. And she had to look back on her glorious city that she loved so much and see the destruction. She became a pillar of salt. See, even in the end, they couldn't obey God. God said, don't look back. As you flee, do not look back. But she had to do it. So, what's the story about? Life falling to pieces. How did this life fall to pieces? Well, first of all, he went towards Sodom. And that's what happens in our life. Our life begins to fall to pieces when we go towards sin. See, if we're life, living a life of peace, day in and day out, our life's at peace, we're at peace with God, peace with people. We're living that life and we have peace in our hearts. And then one day we take that one little turn. Our life is starting to fall to pieces and we don't even see it sometimes. Because we've been living the way God wants us to live, doing what God wants to do, at peace with God, at peace with others, and serving Him, doing His work. But then we took that one turn. We moved towards Sodom. But then we keep turning, we keep going in that direction, and then we begin to live in Sodom. It didn't seem bad. I mean, I'm, st I'm still alive. Nothing happened to me when I made that turn. And I went a little further than I thought I would, but that's okay. I mean, nothing's happened to me yet. And so... We begin to live in that lifestyle. We begin to live in that way. And we're enjoying it. We're having a good time. We're okay. I mean, nothing's wrong. And yet our life's starting to fall to pieces. And then finally, he was a leader in Sodom. And we begin to take control and take ownership of why we do what we do. You know, somebody would ask us sometimes, why do you do that? Why do you live like that? Why do you act like that, talk like that, you know, do those things? Why do you do that? Well, you see, when I was six years old, and then when I was ten, and then when I was thirteen, you know, I've got I've got this story that that you know goes on, and just have a seat. Let me just tell you all about it, you know. So we just sit down with somebody and we tell them all of our story, and that's why I do what I do. You understand now, and you know, we we want more than anybody to understand it's God. God, you know why I sin. I mean, you get it, don't you, God, when I sin? Because, you know, I took that trip on out of here and, you know, what went on in my life when I was growing up and all these things that went on happened to me. And you get it, don't you, God? And, you know, our friends and our family, we want them to get it too. And so we take ownership of that place in our life, that leadership, that place in our life, and we say, I'm here because here's my story. And so we stay there. And then one day God comes along and says, you know, I don't like you living here, spiritually speaking. 
I don't like where you are. I mean, you're my child. You're you're saved. You're born again. You're you're in my family, and you know I don't want, like where you are. You, you you've drifted from me. See, sometimes people say, "Well, God doesn't seem to be close to me anymore. It seems like God is just far away from me. God used to be a whole lot closer to me than He is now, and I I don't know why He moved or where He went or what He's doing, but and God says, "Which one of us moved?" Me or you? And it's always us. God never moves away from us. He doesn't, oh, if you're going to do that, I'm out of here. He doesn't do that. We always move away from Him. And then we begin to feel guilty, and then we begin to have a life that falls to pieces. And one day we're finally like the prodigal son. It reaches the end of ourselves, and we raise our hands and say, Lord, I want to come back to you. I want to repent and come back to you. And God's merciful. And he takes us by the hand and he draws us back to where we need to be. You see how that works in your life? Are you living a life of peace tonight? Or is your life falling to pieces because you pitched your tent towards sin and going in the wrong direction? God's merciful and he wants to draw us back to himself if that's where we are.